Pam. What's up, buddy? All right. You know, we've let the we've let some of the dust settle. I feel like this, given how often we've been podcasting, this seems like uh, the longest we've gone in ages at this point. Yeah, we we were just talking on the phone. We said we might as well just record this. Yeah. Uh, All right. So I feel like off the bat, I because I I hate when you know podcasts that are recapping for agency don't do this, and I so I, I want to just for the listeners because I think it's helpful. So I have a list of who. Uh, in the last, you know, four or five days, who's left the Nets and who's come in. So correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I have. I have that you know, Joe Harris get traded to the Pistons for, with along with two seconds. The Nets basically, you know, I think they got the minimum amount of compensation back. Um, they got like a gift card to Shake Shack. Um, then... Seth Curry left, got the biannual with the with the Mavericks, which honestly shows like how much his value has gone down. I mean, that's crazy for him. Um, Yuta signed with the Suns on a vet minimum. Drew Smith got the two way uh, with the Heat. David Duke, they uh, they didn't. I think they just let his contract expire or whatever it was. Um, and then Patty Mills was shipped in a three way deal. I don't even think the. Uh, I don't even think the parameters of it have totally been settled, but it looks like he's going to end up going to uh, Oklahoma City, maybe, even though at first it sounded like Houston, and they attached it looks uh, looks like a second sometime in the future for him. And then what we know so far is obviously besides the rookies, which was Clowney, Whitehead, and Jalen Wilson, they've brought in uh, Dennis Smith Jr. on a vet minimum. I think it's going to be $2.3 million. And they also signed Lonnie Walker uh, from the Lakers for about two point five million. I, am I missing anything? I don't think so. I think you, I think you got it. And 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 obviously the Cam Johnson resign, which is right now set at four years for one hundred eight, but no one really thinks it's going to be that much. I know Spot Track has it as four for ninety six because they have him at barely over twenty four million dollars a year. So does uh, so does Fanspo. Yeah, so I think for all the hysteria that came about that contract, yeah. And then the other thing that we should say is that uh, if you're listening to this on July 4th or whatever, July 5th is the is the Nets decision date for Edmund Sumner. And then I think July 10th is when they have to make a decision about Royce O'Neal's contract becoming guaranteed. Yeah, and I, could, I would imagine with, Sumner, they're waiting to the last second to see if they could use him in a trade before declining that option. Right. Um, I just don't see why. You know, me and Clay have said this. They didn't play him last year. They brought in a new backup guard. It's not like it's a new coaching staff. Like, what what's changed that they're going to want to play him? Right. Um, you know, and seemingly they're going to look to make more moves, and it's just another roster spot and a little bit more salary flexibility yeah so um i think we should just do like go you know we could do uh rapid fire about you know just the just the moves generally we can go in the opposite order that we did it so let's do the additions first and then we'll do the subtractions any opinion and we already did the draft so any opinions on the dennis smith jr or lonnie walker signings i mean i i wasn't really that thrilled with the dennis smith jr uh signing I don't hate it either. I mean, you know, so what I know of Dennis Smith Jr. is Dennis Smith Jr. the bus. Now, I have read multiple things that he had a bit of a, um, you know, bounce back year. I don't even know if I call it a bounce back year, but 
the best year of his career last year with Charlotte. You know, apparently he's turned into a high-effort defender. He's a good athlete. And, you know, for the money, he's still a young player. He's one of those guys you feel like they're older because they've been around for a while coming out of the college young. I feel like he's old. I think he's, what, 25 still? Yeah, so, you know, what, it's a it's an upside play. I think they're trying to, uh, you know, they tried to get more athletic with him and Walker, essentially replacing Curry and Harris and, you know, Patty. You know, definitely an athletic upgrade. So, you know, nothing to write home about, um, but I see the idea of it. I, I don't know if you uh, – this is off topic, but have you been watching the OKC game at all? No. Chad Holmgren is probably going to stink on offense, but, man, can he play defense? Yeah, um, I saw some of his blocks on Twitter. He, he just had another two-handed block. He's just uh, he's getting shoved all over the place. But, you know, for, for Smith Jr., you know, it's kind of the same shit. Like, he can shoot, um, so that's going to be like his Achilles heel. But if he can come in and, you know, provide energy and hustle at for 18 to 20 minutes a game, that that's what you get for $2.5 million, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he doesn't really – look, I think – I, th- I think that, like, your commentary on it, I agree with. Obviously, getting a point guard who can't shoot is, like, pretty, you know, antithetical to everything that, you know, basketball is nowadays. At the same time, when I hear people say who are going crazy, not like you, who are like, who are like, like, why can't we get a, a point guard that's great on D and shoot? And it's like, well, that type of guy would probably cost $14 million a year. Like, you right. know, like, that's... You know, that's like that. Like I, I think everyone keeps on looking for you know the guy that does everything. And you know, like the Lonnie Walker thing. It's like, oh yeah, but he has holes here and there. It's like, yeah, I mean, like that's why Lonnie Walker went from you know being a first round pick to then making I think five million dollars last year, and now he's making two and a half million dollars. Like this is where we are. And also, just the financial landscape has changed. Walker probably deserved. I thought he played pretty well for the Lakers. Maybe I'm just overrating the one game he had. Um the game four, but you know, I was more excited about that signing. I think just because Walker's been a better NBA player. Yep. At least that I like noticeably for me, like I certainly wasn't paying attention to the Hornets last year. So, you know, Smith jr. Had his best year of his career, but he was on an absolutely atrocious team. Right. So like, was there any effect on the game? Now the Nets are betting on his athletic upside they certainly need more guys that get downhill, which he does do. Um, but, you know, he look, this is a minimum signing, you know, on a team that's in transition. It is what it is. Like, he's he's fine, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically how I feel. And I also think that, and we'll get to this, like, I think the elephant, or there's honestly multiple elephants in the room with the Nets is, you know, are there, are there other trades that are coming that either – I mean, we assume they're not a damn team anymore, but are they going to be the third team in it getting Tyler Hero? Or are they going to have all of these wings on the team? I mean, we know that, like, Royce and DFS are definitely being asked about, but I am I tend to agree with, I think, a lot of the guys on the Locked On uh, Nets pod who basically think, like, they're setting a pretty high price because I don't really know if Marks really wants to trade them. That's kind of how I feel about the situation. Well, um, I, I think – he wants more than just like a draft pick that he may never select. Right. So he'll trade them, but he probably wants like a draft pick and like some cap relief, maybe a player on a rookie deal in his third year or something that they're hoping can take the next step. Yeah. 
um, you know, they still need a backup five. You know, I don't know how they feel about Dayron and the kid Clowney, but, you know, he seems to be more of a four and probably a year or two away from really helping. Right. So, you know, now there's not much out there. I mean, I'm not exactly excited about Mo Bamba. Like, Mo Bamba's one of those guys. Everybody's – it's because people know who he was. Right. And they're like, oh, he was a, a high draft pick. He's really tall. Like, Mo Bamba, in all likelihood, probably just fucking sucks. Right. He signed, what, a two-year 20 with my um, the Magic? The second year was an option, and they just dumped it, or the Lakers dumped it, right? Yep. Yeah, the guy's not good, and he has trouble staying healthy. Now, if they sign him to a one-year, $2.5 million deal, they want to front a flyer on him. I'm, I'm totally fine with it. But really, the center position, if they're going to address it in any type of meaningful way, would have to come to the trade market. Yeah, I mean, look, the whole goal with all of these vet minimum stuff, and we've seen it with the Lakers and like what the Suns are doing this year, is like you're basically hoping that you're 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 throwing shit at the wall and you're hoping one of those guys becomes Malik Monk and then you know like they either have value and you can trade them or like it's great they had a great year and then they go somewhere else and someone then overpays them or whatever but that's like I mean that's basically what you're dealing with when you're above the cap like I think people have this idea of like oh why aren't they getting this guy or like what's the point of getting this guy it's like there's a reason why these guys are vet minimum guys like they haven't proven themselves yet and there's only so much money to go around and most of these teams are capped out i mean look like like two a year and a half ago i thought malik beasley was a really good player he just got signed with the bucks for 2.5 million dollars because the lakers you know uh waived him uh or declined his 16 million dollar option yeah that's a nice haircut for him you know and i i sit in these spaces and you know i think the nets have we have a generally smart fan base in some regards but some times you hear stuff like yo they need to use these exceptions they're not going over the cap this year yep. so and even if they make a trade for a player that has a, a good salary they're going to send out the requisite salary to make sure they stay under that luxury tax right and it's not just simply about saving Simon, though he certainly has the right to do so after the investments he's made lately did it pan out but it's just better for the team like we don't want them to be a repeater next year so it's time to get out of it which is fine but like they're not going to use these trade exceptions not this year yeah you know unless something goes wild and they're highly competitive at the deadline and they want to add some salary but it's just unlikely to happen yeah so i guess before we get into um some of the guys that went and and what those deals were because i like i feel similarly i feel similarly to you about dennis smith jr and lonnie walker i think like smith will be interesting i'm glad to have like a a guard that is actually like good on defense even though he's smaller it's something the nets haven't really had he's basically going to probably play a little bit of like the what javon carter was supposed to do and then ended up doing with the bucks even though javon can actually shoot um and lonnie walker so i mean i really liked lonnie walker coming out of college he's obviously like and when he got drafted by the Spurs, I thought it was his best case scenario. And it's always kind of a, a red flag when, you know, someone doesn't pan out out of there. But like he's still basically every single year in the NBA besides one has shot over 36 percent from three. And he's he's athletic and the team got younger and athletic with the one thing I want to say is, is that. So it looks like the team basically has 14 or 15 guys under contract. It's it's 15 um, if you count. uh Jalen William, Jalen Williams, Jalen uh, Wilson, and um, 
and also Edmund Sumner. It can be 14, or it could be even go down to 13 if they get rid of Sumner and maybe Jalen Wilson goes to a two-way. Because right now, Jalen Wilson isn't even, like, signed yet, um, their second-round pick. So maybe they'll do, like, a two-way deal like they did with Kessler Edwards. Yeah, um, and that'll probably be determined by what other moves they make. And if they're involved in anything else where they have to – Maybe they save a roster spot in the deal. Maybe they add a roster spot. You know, we don't know yet. So I doubt. I'm I'm assuming they'll probably hope to put him on a two way. Right. Um, like why would you know why not? Um, yeah. Right. We have to really blow them away in, in camp and then whatnot. Um, yeah. I mean, look. Even if you want to just move to the guys who, who walked out the door, like yeah. Hey, respect to Joe Harris. The guy had a good career with the Nets. Showed up. You know, kept his mouth shut, did his job. He was a big part of raising the floor here and getting them back to respectability. Certainly left something to be desired in the playoffs, particularly that Milwaukee series. But, look, Joe just got cooked, and it was time for him to go. And people kicking him out the door are shit fans. Uh, the, the same people who kicked Joe Harris uh, out the door are the ones that, like, stand Kyrie. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so respect to Kyrie, uh, to Joe. Could care less about losing anybody else. I mean, Yuta might have been an interesting guy to bring back, but I think he probably soured on his playing time towards the second half of the year, and he thought it was never going to happen. Yeah, I I feel similarly. Look, I think that I I think that the Joe, the Joe, Seth, and and Patty, all three of them were three guys that had to go. They both like, I mean, Patty because of age, and Joe and Seth because of their ankles just weren't able to hold up like defensively and even offensively, they started to basically just become, they weren't even like movement shooters anymore. It felt like they basically had to like be stuck in a corner and you just pass to them and maybe they would pump fake and hit a two. But beyond that, their movement was so limited. And to me, it's like sad. Cause I mean, I know you weren't as big of a fan. Like I was just so blown away by how well Seth worked with Embiid and like what they were together. And it's clear that that ankle deteriorated. He just was never the same. And he looked, he, he to me looked both him and Joe, looked out of shape to me at times. Like they just weren't really moving like athletes. And Joe, you know, Joe, you could see that he wasn't the same guy anymore when, because the prime Joe Harris, like 2018, 2019 winning the three point contest. Like he was also not afraid of contact. Like he would make like pretty tough layups in the paint. It was why I thought I used to get into arguments. Like I thought his peak was better than Kyle Corver's because I thought he could basically shoot the way Corver did. But um, but but also was able to like drive and take in contact and re- like really wasn't a bitch at all in the paint and uh and so well, yeah, there, it, there it, was it, a time where he was like finishing at the top of the league and um like at the rim yeah he, had, he did a, he used to have, do a really good job of using the rim to protect himself the last few years it just felt like every time he went to the basket his shit was just getting thrown back in his face. Yeah. And, and then the, the last thing I would say just about Patty and before we actually, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know about you. I personally have no issue with the trades. I mean, like giving away seconds is basically what you have to do with some of these contracts. And I'd way rather, I, I was nervous they were going to use, you know, DFS and, and Royce to dump and then get, and then get less value in return. And I'm happy that those guys are still on. I just, just about Patty. I mean, Patty, the COVID year basically became like the de facto, point guard slash like backup point guard to Harden and he he wasn't on the team that year who Patty you thought you thought like the year Kyrie was out because of COVID 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that year, Patty basically had played by, like, halfway through the season, had basically already played more minutes than he did the year before. And he was actually putting up good numbers. And then, like, in that Celtics series and towards the end, as most 34, 35-year-olds do that aren't, like, you know, LeBron and Seth and Steph Curry, he ran out of gas. But, like, he also, to me, like, did his job and – did what he was supposed to do. He obviously, you know, has a limited skill set and his body is limited, but I also thought he was, you know, a, um, a generally like a good net. Uh, yeah. I don't have any beef with him. Like it, it wasn't a great signing. I was excited about it at the time. Yep. Me too. In hindsight, a lot of it is like the kind of like the philosophy, like they went, they, they like replaced Jeff green with him and got smaller, yep. but you know, look, we've been down that hole. Look, I didn't expect Patty to be back on the team. No, neither did uh, I. Or Joe. And in, in fact, like I was bitching like they didn't get rid of these guys at the deadline. Well, like, look what they just went for in trades. And look what Curry just got on the free agent market. Yeah, there was nobody know, but... was batting the door down to get these guys as deadline acquisitions because they couldn't help the team. Yeah, I mean I, I, I actually mean, hate I the signing like... for Dallas. I think it's a bad signing for Dallas. I don't think you can you can't play him with Luca because Neither of them can guard, and it's the same thing kind of with Kyrie. They're just too small in the backcourt together. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I mean, from from the Dallas perspective, it is interesting because he, you, they basically signed a guy who you already know in crunch time can't be on the floor because they right. can't have those three guys. Like, no, I mean, it's yeah. hard, it's hard he, enough having the two of them. What did he get? Like uh, two million a year, th- three million a year, something. Like yeah, that? he got like the biannual, whatever that is. I just, I think it was like, yeah. Three and a half, four, right. two and a so, half. Something. Again, now look, maybe they didn't understand Malik Beasley would be available, but who won that exchange? Milwaukee here, you know, if those teams ever met up, that's a big uh, plus in Milwaukee's favor. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you have, I mean, like, I think that's also something, I mean, you mentioned this, and I think me and you tend to be more realistic and practical. Like, I, like I agree that I would that I wanted to see Joe get traded. I wanted to see Seth get traded at the deadline, all those guys, and like, I think that the Nets fan base, I don't know if it's homerism or whether like people think that other GMs are stupid, but like you clearly see that like, like the NBA GM landscape saw what Nets fans saw. Like I thought like the the idea that like, just because Harris was an expiring, someone would want him because he's an expiring. It's like, he's a lot of money. Like, and he's not right. Or or if they did, they were trying to give us back a a shitty contract that had two or three years left on it. Right, and instead we and instead we got off of it, and it didn't have to take anything back. And it's not surprising that, that they had to give up a second. The same thing with or two seconds, and it's the same thing with Mills. I mean, look, they got off about twenty six, twenty seven million dollars, and had to give up a few seconds. Like I just, I think it's, I think it's good business. And to me, what I was happiest about is I always thought, and I think it's probably true that I think Marks had a soft spot for the nice guy shooters that are because they kind of resemble where he came from in, you know, San Antonio and also the type of player that he was in Curry Mills and Harris. And I'm happy to see that he actually moved off three guys and like, didn't give them some send off to a place that they really wanted to go. Like he just got rid of them. And like, there wasn't anything else. No, the, the, the Nets had to get back to business this off season yep. and just do right by the franchise. And that's where they're at. So, so, yeah. all right. So I, I guess we, because me, me and you are the only people I know in Nets world that thinks that, and for those that don't know, I shall interrupt myself by saying that there's basically been rumors, obviously circulating that because 
the Trailblazers aren't happy with the Dame, uh, with the Dame packages from Miami, that a third team will get involved. And everyone and their mother, including Brian Windhorst and Ian Begley and other insiders, have said that the Nets are, the, are a third team that have had interest in Tyler Hero. What's weird and that what Bam and I have been, uh, you know, sniffing around about because it doesn't make sense is they keep on saying that the Nets are basically getting Hero for free, which doesn't really make any sense because if the Trailblazers aren't going to take on Hero, they're going to want something else in order to compensate themselves, which means that the Heat are going to want something from the Nets in order to then give to the Blazers. So I, I, I don't know if you want to speak to it at all. I mean, A, your opinion on Hero, but maybe even before that, your opinion on like whatever the hell is going on with these hero rumors. Yeah. So I, I, uh, on my for you page, uh, heat spaces popped up earlier and I went into it and they, and I got on to speak and I just said, you know, I'm a net fan. What am I missing about hero that like everyone's making it out? Like this guy's impossible to get rid of. It was a mixed bag in there. You know, they were like, and cause I'm a firm believer. You don't know a player until you watch him every night. Truly. Yep. Unless they're like, you know, a great, obviously great player. So their beef was essentially that, you know, not a great defender, scored a little bit out of the system. But generally they were like, yo, he's a good player. Like he's just necessary to make this, tra- this trade go through. Like we don't want to get rid of him, but we got to do it for Dane. No problem. I understand that. And I just don't understand. And this is why I don't think this is going to happen. Yeah. I think someone's going to eventually be like, hey, yeah, I'm the Charlotte Hornets. I can add a 23-year-old 20-point-per-game score at the two. I'm trying to get in on that. The Orlando Magic. Team's looking to make leaps. He fits their time. Like, the Pistons, shit. Something like that. Just makes so much sense to me that I, I – this idea, and I know Ian Begley said it, but I feel like – you said this a few weeks ago. Everyone's obsessed with, like, fleecing teams. Yeah. Like, I the Nets – and I told you guys in the chat, if this happens, I'll, I'll buy opening night tickets for everybody. I will be stunned if this trade went through, the Nets got Hero, and a first-round pickback. It just doesn't make sense. Yes. The whole idea is that they don't want him, right, in Portland. So they want to turn him into assets. Well, how does the Nets getting a first-round pick and him helps the asset pool? It hurts it. Yeah, I, I just – something doesn't add up. And unless the only thing to me that was the only semi-plausible answer was that the, the net said, or the, or the, the, uh, the heat said that they were basically willing to take on Nurkic. And so because of that, what the Blazers want in return, isn't as bad. And maybe the nets will take on some type of salary while also taking on hero and also giving up. So it's like the whole thing just seems pretty convoluted. And I don't really get it. And like, I, I, I've been, I've been really tweeting about this constantly because I think, you know, what ends up happening in the, in the NBA landscape more than anything is like people get like really into one topic and then they harp on it. So, you know, like when we were in our, like, you know, uh, high school or co- college, it was all about like cap space. And then it was like, you know, cap space doesn't matter as much. It's about like, you know, hoarding picks or it's about, you know, like the, the player's going to demand out two years ahead of time and the player starts demanding out four years ahead of time. And now the big thing is like anyone who listens to Zach Lowe, who thinks that they're like an NBA genius is now obsessed with like the first apron and the second apron. And so everyone is terrified of any contract that like has a salary that like begins with a, a, a two. And so 
this idea that people like like are looking at hero and it's like it is like an albatross of a contract it's like you guys making like 50 60 40 something million dollars a year i mean hero averaged like 25 and 4 and he's 23 years old and he just shot 38 percent from the from three and he led the league in free throw percentage and he's already played in big games like the idea that like he like I doubt Miami's thinking like oh yeah we just got to get rid of him like, it, like yeah. if you want to talk about like the Jordan and I think it gets compared to the Jordan Poole thing which I think is kind of crazy because a Poole was way worse this year and b the the Warriors were also faced with like the biggest luxury tax bill like ever right and so, like, the, the, those are, like, two, like the Warriors were really in a bind of, like, we need to get off this deal before the new collective bargaining agreement, like, steps in. And we want to have the money to be able to sign Draymond without, like, crazy, like, tax implications, whatever it is. And so, like, I just don't – there's clearly something – there's something that me and you are missing that everyone else in the world thinks that, like, Hero is such a negative that you – not only do you have to – not only do you not have to give up anything for him, you actually can get stuff with him. Like it just it doesn't add up to me. And part of it is <clears throat> listen, the Nets have had a boring offseason. <laughs> Let's just face it. Yep. Nothing about it that everybody wants a shiny object, myself included. So you hear yourself attached to this kind of name, everyone wants to just talk about it. And we're gonna refresh our Twitter feeds a million times. It would also be a part of a huge NBA landscape trade if it does happen. I, I like this guy would be the best player on the Nets or the second best player on the Nets. Yep. If you don't like his contract, what could, what do you think of Cam Johnson? He's been a better player than Cam Johnson. Right. Yeah, he's four years younger. And when Cam, when Cam Johnson was twenty three, where was he? He, he was, was in he was in the NBA summer league. Yep. You know, just coming out of college, so he fits the timeline. I believe he has it's a three year deal, right, with a fourth year team option, if I'm not mistaken, that he's yeah, starting. I think that's right. Yeah. So it's a three-year contract. I think you said it. If they had him, Bridges, and Johnson, it's like $75, 76000000 million a year, guaranteed, you know, give or take for the three of them. Yep. Even if you resign Claxton at 20, you're under $100 million for four starters. You know, that's pretty good for, for those. You know, that's about what these guys should be making. I, to me, it's a no-fucking-brainer. It, it, it's further building an infrastructure so that down the line, if something becomes available, the Nets have pieces to move, draft picks, and they have stuff left over. And he, you know, I would say he's probably the most accomplished player on the Nets if he's on the team tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I personally think that they should be in on it. Like, I think that you know, I was I went into the spaces and I heard people talking about like. I mean, beyond people comparing him to Cam Thomas, and that's another story. But I heard people, you know, saying like, "Well, like, where does he fit in? If he's if he's there, he's playing shooting guard, which means Bridges plays small forward, and then Cam Johnson's playing power forward." And I was just kind of like, "This team isn't like in the team building. Like, let's win a title. Like, I want assets. I, I want. I want like when a two and a three. What is that? What's the? There's no such the twos and threes are really what you guard. I mean, you're a wing. Your wing is a wing. And also, but but also, like, look, w- this is what I want. Like, I want I want to have a bunch of talent on a team so that when like Luca or Giannis or whoever gets unhappy, they say, "Wow, there's a max slot here," and there and even if they do a big trade, there's still going to be people left over. Like, that's right. base. That's what this league is. Yeah, like, I mean, look, the NBA is absurd now with the way things go. Like, 
These guys sign huge extensions and then just say, I want to go here now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, so, and, and this is where I'm like, what am I missing? I must not be, I must be wrong because everyone else is like, oh, I'm like, I wouldn't give up a pick for this guy. It's like, well, look at Lonnie Walker and Dennis Smith Jr. You know, two lottery picks on the Nets that are now signing bullshit contracts. Mo Bamba. Everybody wants Mo Bamba. Those would be three failed lottery picks. So while like I certainly want the Nets to protect their draft capital, like I'm not like against giving up like the Philly pick and say like the worst of their 2025 pick to get a like a young guy that has all star capability. Like what else do you have it for? Yeah, I, I mean, I I I totally agree. I I think the whole like hoarding picks thing, it's like it it's 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 become like this like obsession where I think people get really excited, and meanwhile like. Meanwhile, then the season comes, you end up finishing it. You, you get the 16th pick, you pick a guy and everyone is like incredibly upset. I mean, like, I mean, like if you had heard at the deadline that they traded picks 21 and 22 for Tyler Hero, the entire fan base would have been apoplectic. Meanwhile, if they, if you find out that it's Tyler Hero for Dariq Whitehead and Noah Clowney, everyone would have been like, actually, you know what? That's actually like the best deal ever. Like it's yeah. all, it's, it's all like fantasy land until it happens. You know, maybe sometimes I forget they must be like fourteen years old, but you'll I'll just see some tweets sometimes, and people are like let them sleep. This guy going to be the best player in the league. And it's like a picture of Whitehead, and it's like, yeah, like, where are you getting this from? Like, <laughs> do you actually believe that? And like, if you do, like, based off what? Like, I see it with the Giants, like just weird shit that people put out there. I'm like, they're like, Mikael Bridges is going to win the Nets a chip. Remember, I said it. And it's like. I feel like you're just putting it there, so if it happens, yeah. you can say, remember I said that like three years ago? Yeah, 100%. Um, yes. Yeah, but, look, I would do it. I would do something like that. Now, am I going to go crazy? Do I want to take a bad contract back with him? No, I don't want to do that because other opportunities will arise. But, like, if it's going to be, like, Benny Smith and, like, Dayron Sharp and I get back and I shit out, like, a pick or two and – you know, it's one of them's like the Philly protected pick. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably gonna pull the trigger on that. So do you know what's here's here's the thing that I've been thinking about a lot, and you you kind of started me on this bandwagon when when you were going going down your Dame rabbit hole, and it's just something I've been thinking about lately, and it relates to the hero decision, which is that like, so I don't I don't totally believe in the whole you know you should tank or sorry you shouldn't tank when you don't have your picks because. Like, because then what's the point? And then it ends up being so embarrassing when you tank and, you know, and, and, uh, and the team sucks and yet, and then someone else is drafting for you. Like, I don't personally care about that. Like what's done is done. Like they made the Harden trade a couple of different, you know, ankles roller th- or, you know, Harden is, is five pounds uh, lighter and he probably doesn't ruin his hamstring, like, or his groin, whatever it was like, but, but, but I will say that them not having their pick, it doesn't necessarily make me want to be, you know, good for the purposes of, you know, like it being bad is so embarrassing, but it's more so like it does feel, and this is a long-winded way of me saying this, it does feel like there's a, there's a moment right now where picks are so, are, are so, so valuable and everyone's looking for them and contracts are like, are being so blown out of proportion that I'm kind of like, if I'm the Nets, like, why don't I use like some of these picks and some of these expiring contracts? And like, I can get like a nucleus that like, 
at least is kind of interesting and is young and is like going to be competitive. Like they're not going to be bad and we don't have our own pick anyway. So it's like, what's the point? And so I guess like, so in pivoting to that, it's not even, let's say, go after Dame, but it's like, you know, there are guys right now that are on big deals that I'm sure their value is lower right now because of the apron and because of the, like the reaction to the apron. And I'm sure a year or two from now, the apron won't be seen as scary because the Suns will have like shown people how to navigate through it. And, you know, other teams will do what they have to do. And like, everyone gets used to these things right now. It's the really big, scary thing. And it's like, why don't they try to get, you know, whether it's, you know, hero or whether it's like Anthony Simons, who now people are starting to say is on this terrible deal Or even like, you know, like I'm not even a big fan of him, but like even getting a guy like Towns, if you can get certain guys who are talented. How about like Trey Young at the deadline? Atlanta goes miserable. Sure. Like even Trey, right. Like even like, and and that's a guy who I've even like changed a little about, which is like even guys like like Trey, who I'm not even a fan of. And and Hero, by the way, me and you have said, I don't know how many times in our chat that like we don't particularly like his game, but it just seems like the pendulum has swung so far to. Like, oh, my God, this guy has a contract that, that's in the 20s. It's in the 30s. Like, I never even want to get close to it. It's like, isn't that what makes having Claxton at $8 million and Bridges at 22 is, like, you can kind of take swings? I mean, they have DFS at 13 when, like, there were 3 and D guys at, at, at that time when he got that deal who were getting paid $20, 25000000 like Bridges. I mean, DFS isn't that much older than Bridges is. Like, it's it, I just I just think there's there's clearly a move that the Nets could make with their plethora of picks and with their uh, incentive to be good or their or I guess their disincentive to not be bad. Like it, like it, I just think there's a lot of guys out there that they could go for that. I think they could get on the cheap, whether it is like what you said, a, like a Trey Young. I, like I've just I've been going through, you know, like the top salaries in the league. And it, and you also have, you know, teams that have been in the repeater tax and they're approaching the first apron, the second apron or whatever it is. And it's like, I would take this guy off your hands. Like, 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 why do I give a shit? I said this in the spaces earlier. The, the fans who thought, and I fell into this too, because like three weeks ago, I was convinced they were getting Lillard. But, like, the idea that this team was going to just jump back into, like, realistic title contention is not realistic. Right. The Knicks have done a great job building their roster. And they're still not in that true title contention. No, they're not really close to my group. They're in that next group. Right there with Cleveland, I would say probably after, like, Miami, Milwaukee, and Boston. They're in the next group. They're waiting for that guy to come. But what they've done is they've hit a lot of singles and doubles along the way, and they had their picks. They've been patient, and they're hoping that someone's going to say, send me to the Knicks. The Nets have to restock their shelves. Right now, who do they have realistically that you're like, yeah, I could go win like a big playoff series with this guy? I would say there's like three guys on the team. That would be Bridges, that would be Cam Johnson, and that would be Royce O'Neal. I guess maybe Dinwiddie. Would you say DFS? Uh, yes. Yes. Well, yeah, me and you are also lower on Claxton than other people. Right. But like that, and even like DFS and Royce, like they're like, you know, role players in that, that could win in that. Right. They're not like going to be the difference makers. They have no difference makers. Right. So they need to get those, like 
would you be shocked if um, Hero was on the Nets next year? He scored 25 a night? No. Would you be shocked if you led them in scoring? No, not and, like and no. made an all star game. No, so like, I, I, what are we doing here? Like, why are we like being like, I'm only doing this if they take Simmons and we send no picks back? It's like that's just like, yeah, like the other teams are involved, like, there's <laughs> other teams in the league. Like, I'm sure Dallas would love to get their hands on Hero, you know, yeah. a lot of a lot of teams across the league would say, Yo, like, this guy would be a big difference. I mean, like, the Spurs aren't interested. Yeah, the Spurs not being – I mean, well, also, the Spurs haven't done – like, everyone thought, or there were rumors, or a lot of the podcasts I listened to thought that the Spurs were going to give Re- Austin Reeves a, ma- a really big offer sheet, and they just sat it out, and I think that's why Reeves got way less money than he probably thought he was going to get. Um, but, and, but they yeah, they haven't used any of their money, which I think is weird, and I wonder if – I mean, Ramona Shelburne had the line about, like, Damian Lillard really respects San Antonio, whatever the hell that means, and, like – you know, I, I I think they're definitely a sleeping giant, probably with the heat with Hero as well, and and they make more sense for Hero than the Nets anyway. I mean, in in, in a way, in, in terms of like being able to just like give up assets. I mean, they also have three Hawks picks, which I, I would really like those as well. But the like, you know, I, it's just funny. Like, I'm I'm looking at contracts like around the league, and you know, people think that like Hero is making so much money and or, or whatever, like. Jordan Poole and Hero are the 48th and 51st highest paid players in the NBA. Like, they're not, like, top 20. Like, Anthony Simons, he's the 56th highest paid player in the NBA, making $24 million. Like, it's just, like, these guys aren't paid that much, and all the new deals that come after them are so, so, so much bigger. Like, you know, like, we saw – you. I mean, everyone saw, for anybody, people that are listening, like, you know, Halliburton got, what, five years, 260. Bain just got five years – 207 which I, I think all those kick in at like a year from now right. you know like Lamelo, who's like won nothing and has been hurt a lot it got got like whatever he got five years 250 anthony edwards just got the same thing like like these got all, most of these contracts at this point start with fours fives and they're gonna start like jalen brown is gonna i think he's gonna have one that can end up getting in the sixes although that's another one where everyone thinks it's weird that he hasn't signed his extension yet but you know I, like I just think that the, that that the this this whole like being able to say that like you understand the first and second apron and all like all that stuff has masked the fact that like like there's only so many guys that are good and are really good and like Hero is not awesome but he's a very good player that just went like that recently won sixth man of the year and went twenty five and four on like an offense that like I don't think I mean Miami had like a putrid offense during the regular season and he was like a big part of initiating it, especially with Butler missing games and like Lowry not be, really being that good and like and Vincent wasn't even that great during the regular season. And so I don't know. I just think like if you could get heroes you said for like a pick and a half or whatever it is, like the notion that people are like being like being like, no, the only way I do it is if I get off Simmons and I get two seconds or it's just like I don't really like I just I, I just don't really get it. I think we've swung so far away from like the what the actual value it's, of these it's, guys you know, are. It's, the, the Nets have been fleeced so many times we think it's normal. Yeah, but like, 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 even like, I, I don't know. I just don't. I just, I just don't get it. Like, I think that, I think that Nets fans should also be relieved and excited about the fact that they're lucky that you know they have, they happen to have right now a roster where like most, most guys are underpaid. 
like besides Ben, almost everyone on this team is underpaid. Like even Royce, like for like Royce is going to be making if they guarantee it like nine and a half, ten million dollars. He would have made more than that on the open market. I mean, like Max Struess just got sixteen million dollars. I mean, like, uh, like I mean, if uh, like sure, like Struess might be better. He's younger. I get it, but like. I mean, I mean, Royce had a really good year, and he shot forty something percent from the field, and like kind of was good in that PJ Tucker-ish like type role. Like DFS is making what, like thirteen, fourteen million dollars a year. Bridges twenty-two, Claxton like nine. Like Cam Johnson is honestly like probably making what like he should what he should make in like this modern NBA. Dinwiddie to me is the guy that's overpaid. Dinwiddie making twenty million dollars a year, he should not be making. Right, but again, on a one-year deal, it's like whatever. Right, exactly. And, 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 well, besides Simmons. I mean, Simmons is the highest-paid player by leaps and bounds and also doesn't play. But, you know. Hey, look, if they got Hero and Ben came back to 85% of what he was, even if you bring him off the bench, you know, that could be a fun team. You know, they're, they're, look, they're not going to win the title. But guess what? They didn't win it the last four years either. Um, so, I, you know, there's 82 games. I do like to enjoy them. I don't want to enjoy them at the expense of like a future, but I don't think like again trading a protected pick from Philly in 2027 and like the worst of our two picks in 2025 is like a bad deal for a guy that could certainly make an All Star appearance in the next three years and is going to be one of your two leading scorers. Yeah, I also so I totally agree with that, and I also think that there's now become this obsession of like dude, like, just you wait, like, those Suns picks in 27 and 29. And I, like, I kind of feel like saying, like, like, you know, m- maybe it's turning 30 or whatever it is, and that, and then I have, I mean, I've, I've seen the Giants win titles, but I haven't seen the Mets or Nets win. But it's also, like, you know what? Like, by 2029 or 2028, the Nets will have their own picks back, and if they suck, they suck. But, like, I would also like to see them be competitive and not, like, be banking on the on what the Suns might be five six years from now like I just don't really care like in 2029 like if, I'll be almost 45 years old like I do but, <laughs> but it's just like if, if they can get if, if they can get guys who are good like that's it like if you can as you said like Tyler Hero right now is really good and he's gonna be on and by the time his contract ends which everyone is like so scared about he's gonna be like 26 and a half or 27 like he's gonna be the age that Bridges is now right like, I just don't really, I don't really like, I don't really get the, the, the trepidation. I think part of it is just being able to say, and I'm really convinced about this. I think part of it is like, people love saying like, look at this war chest they have. It's like eight first until 2030. And it's like, who, like, I just don't really, like, I don't really care. Like, all I care about is like, by the time this Harden thing is over, they'll have their own picks again. And if they want to suck, they'll be just like any other team where if they want to tank, they can tank. Yeah, and like until then, like and that's why this like, isn't going to happen. That because it's going to wind up costing more than everybody thinks. Say say it again. And that's why this isn't going to happen because right. he's going to fetch. There's got to be teams out there that are like, of course, we'll take Tyler Hero. I so, mean, just look at the bottom of the East. What, by the way? So what is? Because I've you've definitely done a good job of convincing me. I mean, first of all, you got me. You got me on the on the like the totally like let's rebuild train and then we clear quickly learned that's not what the nets were doing I, I think i can be convinced more than probably some other people that we pod with about the dame thing 
I guess my question is, what's your limit in terms of what you would give up for him? Two, two, two first. But one of them has to have some sort of protections. Oh, okay. So you're, so you're, oh, so you're, so you're not willing to do like the, the three, four unprotected ones. Who are you talking about for? Oh, for Dame. For Dame. For Dame. Oh, th- three first. With I would say I would trade one of the kids we just drafted. Three first, one with protections. Um, the expirings, you know, if they want Cam Thomas, you know, whatever, you know, they can have him too. And that would probably be it because I need to make sure that there's still something here. And I you- actually, I actually would prefer to get hero that right now. Cause I think that sets the nets, nets up for the next move. Right. And look, to me at this point, like you mentioned the numbers, like he's anything 30 million or below for like a borderline all-star is good. That's good money. Yeah. If you get, would be the bad contract of the two between him and Hero. If you get Dame, I mean, I guess at that point you have to assume that Dinwiddie plus like guys and or it would have to be like Dinwiddie and Royce at this point or, or it's just Ben as salary filler. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, then it's really hard to lure another star because if you have Dame for like sixty or whatever, fifty something, and then the Twins for another fifty, and now you're at a hundred, probably trading Cam Johnson in that next trade. Right, right, right. It's yeah, not plausible. Think- it's, it's, it's. Look, it would be exciting, you know, when the, when the thing popped up, and initially, you know, the Nets are one of the destinations. I was like, fuck it, just kept the fucking guy, like. I want to see this guy bury threes from half court. But, like, when you step back, it's just like, it really is not the time or the place for it. Go hit it. I said it when I'm being practical, right? Hit some singles and doubles this offseason. This would be like the double. Hit the double with Hero. And let you got a, 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 a squad that if they buy in, can win 40 to 44 games, I think. Yeah. And be competitive. And then... You know, you say, hey, look, we just – we've recovered from what happened. We've got a good nucleus of talent here. And we do have picks and, you know, salary to play with. So let's let's go from there. Maybe you sign DeJounte Murray outright as a free agent next year. Right. You know, not that – although to him, to me, giving him $40 million is fucking crazy, but that's a story for another Yeah, I was about podcast. to say, that's what he's going to – I know. Right? I mean, that's the yeah. thing is that the Murray number right now is so – it's so like it's so great. It's why like all the conversations about Claxton to me are are kind of crazy because everyone right now views Claxton as the eight and a half guy. Once these centers get a two or a three uh, to start their to start their salary, people look at them differently. Right, those free throws clank a little louder. Yeah, you end up feeling it. What do you end up seeing happening with? Uh, do you think Dame ends up just getting his way? Of course. Yeah. Why would you trade for it unless? Portland is really willing to dig their heels in and he says, you know what? Philly would work too, or the Clippers would work too. Where else is he going? Why would anybody make an offer for him when he doesn't want to go there? If you were if you were the Sixers, would you give up Maxi for him if you knew that he would actually be like, or he says he'll be happy if he's there? What am I... What, like, it would depend on what else I could get back in like a James move. Right, I guess but like, I'm not trading Harden and Maxi for him. I would have to be like, I could get what I get back for 
James added to Damon and B. Yeah, I think at th- I think at that point your best case scenario is like if you're the Sixers is like can I have a starting five that's like Dame, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann. I have to assume that Tobias Harris has to go out because of salary. Right. Like so here's the reality. Most I don't think Embiid starts next season on the Sixers. This coming season or the year after? That? This coming season. Wow. Oh, so you think he's going to ask out soon then? Eventually. Like when this Harden thing either drags or gets settled, it's going to be like, yeah, like we suck. <laughs> like, you know, you were going to play Maxi at point guard. Well, everyone has wondered why, you know, like, I mean, the Knicks have had a really weird off, like, offseason. I mean, I didn't actually like the DiVincenzo signing that much. I think he's good. I just didn't really like it. Um, well, you know, it is they, in the playoffs, teams are just sagging off of Barrett, Hart, and they wanted an option that you can't do that with. Um, so I was fine with that. And the, the Knicks are waiting. The, the Knicks – are going to get an Embiid, a Luka, a Giannis, someone like that in the next year or two. It's going to happen because they're they're going to have the ability to do it from a practical standpoint, and there's a roster there that can get it done. Yeah. I mean, happen. yeah, I mean, they're definitely – look, they're definitely, they're definitely there in terms of, like, having the um, – I mean, they have they have the draft equity. I don't think they don't have you know like the centerpiece type guy. Like, you know, they don't like just because I think I just because I think the league kind of like knows what Barrett is and Grimes. but they could like move RJ RJ to a third team. Uh, right, they could move Randall to a third team and still have pieces there plus the picks they have because they could go all in on their own picks plus the extras they have. And just be like, yo, we're giving you like seven first rounders. Right, right, right. You know, right. Which is what they thought. Like, go fuck yourself, Cleveland. You know, you know, it could be Mitchell. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Mitchell wanted out after this year. Yeah, Things I think the Mitchell there. thing is probably maybe they'll get round two on on um on on Mitchell. But look, I, I am I am enjoying I mean watching the fact that this is that this just did not work out for the Sixers is really fun. Um, yeah, I think they're done. And oh, look, maybe Embiid rides it out for six months, and then in the off season says, "But like that, it's over." Like, there's only so many times. I guess really Dallas would be the best example of it. Where like you can continuously retool around like a single superstar and fail, and that guy not be like, "All right, like enough is enough." Yeah, he like to me, and I don't even I, I don't even think it's because of it's because you know you have the overlap of Doc. But they just feel to me like the Lob City Clippers East. Like, they've just had That's a – That's a good comparison. Yeah, they've just had a – like, every year there's a new saga. There's a lot of commotion. There's a lot of attitudes. There's a lot of leaks. There's a lot of, like, finger pointing. And at a certain point, like, you just, like, hit the reset button. Also, Embiid always gets hurt. Yeah. You know, he's been a part of the problem. He's always fucking hurt when the playoffs come around. But what's been good for him is there's always been a shield, someone yes. else to blame, coaching, Simmons. I mean, you know, if I'm him, he could go, go to the organization and say, you let that guy go and point at Jimmy Butler and say, he was here. Yes. We had him here. And you chose Tobias and Ben Simmons. Ben, you know, you fucked up. I gave you 11 years. I, I kept giving you chance and chance to do it out. I played a whole year where you waited on Ben. 
you know, it didn't work out. So yeah, th- that that's over. It's just a matter of time. And I guess I, I don't think he'll be on the team to start the season. But do you do you still? I mean, me, I mean, me and you really uh, specialize in rooting against teams as much as we like rooting for our own. Were you? Do you care at all about what like Dallas and Phoenix has done this offseason because of Katie and Kyrie? No, because it's far out. Phoenix, yeah. I, I have my eye on Phoenix more than Dallas because Phoenix, there's multiple opportunities for them to fuck up. Dallas in 2029, it's too far away to to worry about what they're even if like Luca leaves in two years, like they had plenty of time to restock their shelves. So. Oh, oh no. I just meant in terms of rooting against them because you don't want to see Katie or Kyrie oh. win this year. Um yeah, I mean I don't I don't have any fear that Kyrie will win, so I don't I don't No, the, I, I, I do think Phoenix has had a good offseason unfortunately. Phoenix has a shot. Phoenix yeah. has a shot. Um I would rather him win than Harden or Kyrie. Yeah, I probably feel similar, especially because now at this point the team is so uh, the the team is so like I mean there's there's different stars and Book is obviously is on like might be the best player on the team anyway. Yeah, look, that, Kevin Kevin had his warts and his hand in the cookie jar here too, but he's the one that signed the extension. He was trying to get everybody to commit, and the other guys didn't do it. Yeah, and eventually he was just like, "Well, fuck this too." Yeah, so he, I had the least venom for him. That said, I still want to see him fail, but. Not yeah. it's not I'm not as like much of a jealous ex with him as like Harden and Kyrie are the really ones I fucking can't stand, mostly Kyrie. But like, I, I know Kyrie will do something stupid. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's no there's no one of my coworkers is a Mavericks fan and he's like he, he, he won't even get invested yet in it. He's just like, I know what's gonna like happen. He will he's, though, because Kyrie's brilliant. Yeah. And just the way he plays, like he's gonna I said this on Twitter the other day, like I've got beef with Kyrie Irving the person. But he's like one of the few players that like gets you out of your seat on your couch. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. I watched just... videos of him today doing uh, like uh, with his summer workouts because it's oh crazy. Yeah, the guy's just great. But uh, and... last last yeah. thing for you, if if you get on your it's like, just because of the topic of you know like the, the Nets should just go out there and trade and trade for certain people. If you get on your uh, you get on your phone, you have like sixteen texts and like eight, you know, Twitter notifications and you find out they trade for the following people, like what's your reaction? All right. So if you, if you see um, something about Zach Levine going to the Nets. I'd have to see the package, but I would not be happy. Okay. What about Towns? Disgusted. Okay. So you really don't want Towns? No, no interest. Okay. Um, uh, who's the like, I don't want another Darren Williams that I'm going to fucking hate. Right, that's, that's that's fair. And I'm um, gonna hate Towns. I was I was Towns gonna just use... like if you got Lillard, and then just because you could get him for essentially salary, like whatever, fine. But no, no, thank you. Uh, Anthony Simons. Uh, I'd be happy. Okay. Um, and then what was the? Uh, I had I had one more here that I just thought lost my oh i mean i don't think it, i don't think it would happen because there's a lot of other stuff but what would you think about jalen jalen brown no 
what's your what's your what's your beef? I, I think you're gonna have to give up too much. You're gonna ha- it's gonna cost you to acquire him like he's a number one player and he's not. <clears throat> and you and you would be into Trey. Yes. Yeah, Trey. Trey, I could be convinced. With. The only issue with Trey is that is like I mean, a I have issues with his game. B, I think you need a coach with him that like he just has to respect, and I just think he would walk all over Vaughn. Well, look, Vaughn's going to be fired in the next year or two. So, yeah, I was about to whenever, say, I mean, I, whenever they're I, good, they're going to fire him. Yeah, I mean, right. The new I was about to say the, the new GM will uh, will be uh, will be firing Vaughn. Whenever they're good, they'll fire him. Yeah. All right. Anything? Do you have anything? Anything else? Anything else you're looking forward to? Or you just are you are you still checking Twitter constantly? Or are we basically at you know the like wait and see? This is where we were with KD after July Fourth, basically. Something will happen by the end of the week, is my guess. Oh, so um, you don't think this Lillard Harden thing will will linger? Harden might Harden might linger. The Lillard situation, I don't think will. Like if you're Portland, like you got to just take your time and but like eventually, like it is what it is, right? There's only so many assets, so many teams involved. Like you gotta get, you gotta get one of the young guys. You gotta get either uh, uh, Vasquez or, or Jokic. Um, I'm I'm trying to get Caleb Martin from them. I'm getting all their picks, all their swaps, and whatever I can get out of here as well. Um, so the, you know, I think by Friday. By like midday today, today I was like, this clearly isn't happening today. So it wasn't like refreshing as much as possible. Um, and I got it. It's not like I don't care as much. So like, I, when I want this to happen. It's not like uh, when like they were trying to sign Durant that day. I was I literally just sat there and refreshed my. Oh phone. yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember where I was when I found out. When I found out. Yeah, yeah. I actually recorded a. I had my brother record me at, at the apartment I was living in at the time. Like. I had him walk out to the balcony, and I was like, "Oh, hey! Like, didn't see you come in there." <laughs> like, <laughs> had like this big delivery to like Nick fans. I sent it to like twenty Nick fans uh, at once. Uh, and I remember my buddy. The first uh, response was, "I hope he snaps his leg." <laughs> <laughs> well, he had already done that basically when we signed him. Pretty much. So, all right. Hey, we'll see what happens, and the yep. guys, we'll uh, we'll get cool and uh, ease He's on. And cool. If you listen to this, I think you might be right about chat. His defensive game looks good, but boy, he gets shoved around on offense. And as we're as we're uh, leaving, uh, a reporter from Anscape says that Jason Tatum is trying to recruit Lillard to the Celtics, which I know Lillard said that he does not want to go there. As we're as we're closing right now, a reporter from where? Uh, like Anscape, like it's part of ESPN. Never heard of it. Um, look, I hope not because Boston doesn't deserve it, but whatever. He's not coming here. Also weird. I mean, that's like him recruiting. That see that that's why this Jalen thing is definitely just bizarre. That that's why I'm like convinced it's weird that he hasn't been extended. He t- Jalen's still upset about his name being in the KD rumors last year, and the Celtics never put it down. That's well, a yeah. th- that's a ticking time bomb. We'll see. All right. Talk to you tomorrow. All right. Peace.